Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio. And if you're on the podcast apps, thank you very much for joining us, as always. I'm joining with Dana and Elliot, and I'm going to say it, what a disastrous week it's been uh, <laughs> uh, for Mills Football Club. No winning six now for Borough, um, a draw last night away uh, at Huddersfield at John Smith Stadium. It took me three and a half hours to get back because they closed most of the roads. I was absolutely raging. Um, but now... Mills weren't scoring at all. We've only scored, is it five since the first game of the season? Uh, since oh. we scored three on the first day and then five since. So it seems to be where the big problems lie. Um, but we're going to chat about Huddersfield. We're going to chat about West Bromwich Albion. And we've got loads of questions and we'll move on to Fulham as well. But we're going to start things off uh, on Saturday's game, West Bromwich Albion. Dana, what do you think of Boris' display in that 1-0 defeat against West Brom? <laughs> instead of Fulham. <laughs> No, you know what? I thought we were okay against them. It was a much better performance. Um, we didn't completely uh, roll over against them, and they are at the moment the best team in the league. Um, the, the league table shows that. Um, you know, on another day, we, we could have came out of that with something, and I think we deserve to. Well, I say that, you know, if you can't finish your chances, do you really deserve to? But, I mean, on the balance of play, it wasn't It wasn't all West Brom. Um, you know, Borough more than, than give a, a good performance and a good account of themselves. It was just, I mean, if you're missing sitters, you're, you're not going to win a football match. I was going to say, well, when you're down on the bottom and you've got no luck, that's what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Els was going to say the same same thing, really, but well, Mills were a bit, a bit unfortunate not to come away with the game because, like Dana mentioned, we had, we had some really good chances in the second half. George Savile, Fletcher's miss from three yards. Can't believe he did it again the other night, but... It's were we, we unfortunate. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the game overall was. I quite enjoyed the first half. I think more than the second half. Um, I think we sat back and kind of invited the pressure. I think that's ultimately led to their goal. It felt a bit like the um, the Norwich game last year, where quality just kind of shone through in the end um, from sort of the, the attacking players. Um, that Grady Dean Garner was giving House in a bit of a torrid time. Oh, he was brilliant, um, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was really, really good. good. Um, but yeah, no, some of the chances we had, um, just just poor finishing again. Savills was just kind of he, he done he done that uh, was it Cardiff as well earlier on this season. He just seems to just hit it straight at the keeper all the time. Um, Fletcher, what can you say? I mean, that wasn't <laughs> as bad as the one last night, but yeah, um, just poor finishing. I think we could have definitely came away with a draw. The first half, um, I went down at half time. Shock and. Uh, I say Jimmy Lee's shout out to Jimmy. Um, I'm going to see you to say that. No, no, he <laughs> hasn't actually because I, I was just genuinely chatting to him after time and we were saying, you know, it's been a good first half. We were quite um, happy with Wing kind of playing that sort of deep lying role and we thought he was a lot more effective than what Clayton would be in that position. Um, and he, he definitely was in the first half. He was picking up balls um, and spraying them out wide and 
and I don't think Clayton's got the ability to do that. But then obviously when we sat back in the second half, Wing wasn't really doing that and he was ineffective. He he wasn't really involved in the game. I forgot he was on the pitch. Um but no, I thought I thought Wing was excellent in the first half. It just yeah, it's just frustrating to not come away with, with anything from the game and the week overall to come away with a point. Um is a bit frustrating, so leaves us one point above the relegation zone with you know, Huddersfield coming into a bit of form and Stoke as well, and it's just yeah, it's uh, one of them. The West Brom game, it, it's a platform to build on, isn't it? Or was? I mean, the, the Huddersfield game as well. The performance in that is is another platform to build on. But you know, it goes back to what we were saying many podcasts ago, and what we've kind of reiterated that four three three wasn't working. And I'm glad that Woodgate changed it. It's just you know, I'm a little bit disappointed that it took this long to change it. I know you obviously did against Cardiff. It didn't work because for some reason we went we went long, we went direct. But I think the the wing back formation against West Brom, I think it worked. Mm. Uh, Marvin Johnson was was much better. I think um, midfield was was better. It was just that that link between Tav and, and Britt wasn't quite there. I don't think in that game. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it's um, I mean, sort of Woody's after match uh, press conference last night was started off a bit funny when he just kind of. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Um, <laughs> Are you starting on you? Yeah, um, but sort of after that, it was you know he, he sort of came out and just. Spoke the truth, really. He has, he has all along, and he was just saying, "You look, um, you know, I'm cha- I've changed the formation. It's what you have to do." And it's kind of, you know, we, we've said it a couple of times, and and um, Timmy said it as well. You've got to be adaptable, and he'll be, you know, he said I'm the first time it wasn't really working with the players we have currently. Um, sort of the journalist asked him, you know, how does that affect what you're trying to do? And he said, "I'm still going to try and play the same way. And it's just obviously a different formation, just where your players are starting off from, um, but he still kind of wants to." Not that I see it a lot, but he's saying that he wants. By the, he was saying the way he wants to pass it and the way he wants to move with it, but it happens to an extent. But I think there's still times where, as we've said, when it gets out to the right back and we're getting pressure, we just launch it long. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, okay, you might need to at a certain point because you're under pressure. But if we were playing the, if we were playing it to the best of its ability, then we wouldn't be in that situation. We just have to hoof the ball away anyway. So, mm. yeah. It's about confidence on the ball, isn't it? Yeah, and exactly. I think it's it's clear that the team don't. There's really there's have some there's some players that obviously do have it more or perhaps just better um, on the mm. ball. Um, there's some players who are quite comfortable, like Johnny House and, and McNair in the link up on the right hand side. It's really good, but there's there's other times where it's just a bit disjointed and players get hold of it and the, the panic a bit and yeah. No, well I'm not going to lie. I thought we we played a little bit better on on Saturday against West Brom, but. The defeat, the defeat was always coming. Yeah, I mean, that, was, that's what I said. I it was like always they're, they're, they're always yeah. going to score. Um, yeah. I thought it was the remain so sure though. I think he just dictated everything for them. Um, he, I thought he was marvelous. Um, criminal that we haven't been able to sign him. I think they got him on dirt. Was it we a did, free? We, I think we were after him at one point. Yeah. Same with with Dean Garner as well. We got Brown instead. Uh well, <laughs> boys were crimping process. Some of a line on the chalkboard. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't keen on Lewis Swing to be honest, and, and I haven't been. And I remember I, you. So you said it after the game. I, I thought the second half wasn't great from him. That's why. That's why I was saying I thought he was just on the pitch because he was just doing nothing. Um, and then obviously when he had to defend, he's not really a defensive midfielder. But I think in the first half when we played better, that's when he was obviously more effective. It's kind of you need to balance. I think the balance that Woodgate was thinking of is that we've got three centre-backs so we don't really need a holding midfielder as well so if we play someone there who's in that deep role who can then pick up the ball and play it out to the um, wing-backs or, or strikers or whatever then yeah yeah. Well, well, go on I'll let you sort of yeah, make your I was, point I was going to come I was going to come to formations at the end anyway so I'm pro- I will yeah. come to that but I think just Lewis Wing in general I think he brings absolutely nothing like I don't know if it's like because of last year we had no we had no expectations from him, and now we do. And but for me, he just hasn't performed at all. Like, it's it's the brutal reality, really. I think he actually looks like a Northern League player now. From last year, he was quite a good outlet. I think his positional play was has been poor. He's given the ball away in the wrong areas. Apart from a casual wingy banger every once in a while, I'm gonna have to throw out there. What does he actually bring? Like, you know, do you not think it, he was improved with the kind of the balls over the top? Do you think Clayton could do that in his position? And I, I think that's what what he does offer is, is spraying the ball towards the the forward players, and he did it. He did it um, against Huddersfield as well. I remember one, like one one sprayed pass, but 
to be honest, like, I think I'm going to throw that at George Savile actually did pretty much similar things and he got absolutely slated for it, but Wing didn't. So, and mm-hmm. I think Wing, I think George Savile's probably been the better player, better player, one of the better players out of the last two I games. I thought George Savile's had, had two good games, to be honest. Um, I thought he also had a, a good game on, on Saturday, uh, much improved. But yeah, that, like I said, I don't kind of not rate Wing anymore. I just thought he had a, I can't really remember much of him in, in the game last night. It was a bit scrappy um, last night, but. Definitely Saturday, I remember him having sort of a better first half. The second half was just kind of ineffective because we, we sat back too much. But. I feel like he fades in and out of games too much. Like he's he's not strong enough to continue his like to maintain a performance throughout a whole game. And I think we've said it before that he almost looks knackered sometimes. Yeah. I don't think that you know if we were to like press um, and continue with this pressing style, that you know he, he would run out of steam pretty quickly. He doesn't strike me as the type that would press. Yeah. Um, not because like he he can't, but it's more that he just he, he doesn't feel like he suits. He's the type of player to suit that. I don't know. Mm. I think he's probably one of our better set piece takers as well. There was um, times he was taking. I, don't I mean, know it was that. he's been absolutely garbage. Honestly, it was when Johnson was taking them, and I thought because I don't know whether there was there was one that. I mean, there was a, f- a lot of the times they were just hitting the first man from from everyone, to be honest. But I didn't want Johnson at, on them at all, and I was thinking, why is Johnson going over? But well, Lewis I think out of, out of be- out of best of be- be- bad bunch, I'd rather have Lewis Wing on the corners. Uh, well, he, he hit that one in row Z at, at the end, didn't he? When uh, against West Brom, and he just needed to yeah. put it in the box, and it just went straight out of play. Just, and I was just, just, just drill it across the floor. <coughs> like, like, we'll come on to Huddersfield in a sec. Like, well, actually, you know what? Come on, Huddersfield now. But in terms of like Johnson as well, his his cross last night for the Fletcher miss was exactly what you wanted in that scenario. Mm. When Wing, he literally just he looked up and it was absolutely leant back and just absolutely fired it over the northwest northeast corner. And I'm just like, what was the actual point? Like, what's the point in playing? What's the point in playing? I was going to say that. You know what I mean? It's I don't know, man. But I was going to say when the the no wins and sticks. Is it is it start the time to worry a little bit now? I know that you've you both feel a little bit more optimistic in the last two games. I personally don't. But it's like more or less of you're starting to feel a little bit worried that this actually is a relegation fight season. I'm not purely on the basis that I don't think we'll go down, and I'm confident in that. I don't know whether that will come back and bite me. But like, I, I don't think we we will go down. I think it'll be a struggle. It's not going to be a walk in the park. I mean, it, it isn't at the moment. But um, I don't think we'll go down, um, which is why I'm not I'm not worrying. You know, we're running in October. I know that, you know, we haven't, you know, no wins in six. It's it's not great. But having said that, those based on those two last two performances, I'm happy that we can go forward now with a new formation. Um, and in better personnel with with Coulson back as well, that's that's a big uh, plus. And uh, that we can go on and hopefully get some points because I said it, if, I think last podcast that I wouldn't be surprised if we go a- against these teams and and beat them. The likes of uh, Fulham coming up, Leeds are coming up as well. Um, I feel like we're suited to playing those those teams for some reason. Yeah, um, I know I kind of sit on the fence with a lot of things, but. And I can see it from kind of both views where it's kind of, you know, when you you do review our performances and you review um, the way players have been playing, I feel like we have to kind of dig to pull positives from from players this season when really, you know, we've we've been used to m- much, much better. Um, and I, th- I feel like when we're saying to improve performance, it's because it's been okay. Um and it's because it's not terrible, like the the Birmingham game or something. So it's one of them where you know it, it was almost like a sign last night, and you think that that game we should have won. Um, Huddersfield were were poor, and you know the, even the pundits uh, shout out Tony Pulis. Um, <laughs> we're saying that last night, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, but you know even they were just saying you know the, they kept repeating just Huddersfield shouldn't have even. It, they didn't have any chances. It was it was Borough's game for the oh, taking. Um, some of the chances and and uh, was it and Andy Hinchcliffe said at the end it was pretty much as they were wrapping up. He was saying, "I hope kind of the Borough fans and it, it comes back to you know patience and and sort of realigning expectations." He said, "I hope the Borough fans kind of realise that it's not all doom and gloom. We're playing better. Um, 
it's just that we're not finishing finishing chances um but that hopefully will come or if not we are i know we're being linked with quite a few strikers already for january so that that seems to be the issue what, what i think he said as well about sort of clean sheets as well sort of two clean sheets in the last whatever it is um three or four yeah in the last year we were like formidable at the back yeah it's so true. i mean obviously the first step is when you know when it seemed all like we were conceding loads when you're conceding four to chef Wed and then two to birmingham whatever um is try and shore it up at the back this change to sort of three five at the back whatever you want to call it um seems to have done that um i think ayala even though he has his moments and he had one against west Brom, i can't quite remember what happened but he had some moment where he gave me a heart attack um he's still probably one of our best defenders for sort of gritting in there and and defending um, the moment last night where he kind of had the ball and he was sort of out strengthening three of them and they had to take three of them to bring him down is is kind of the moments where you know we could you know imagine if they nicked the ball off him there if he was a bit weak or if it was you know somebody else and they went and scored and they beat us one nil it'd be even worse do you know what I mean um, so Ayala's heart attack moment of the week <laughs> yeah but it it's it, uh, vintage Ayala yeah yeah for me I don't I don't think we'll go down as well. And it's hard to obviously kind of sit here and say it sounds like you know people kind of sit and say like you're blind to like what's happening you're oblivious you kind of you know you're sticking up for Woodgate and, and not the players but it's kind of I'm not the mass, massive fan of Woodgate but I think you've got to kind of see the truth of what it is he's been sold down the river a little bit we've um, the recruitment team even though he might have said you know that some of his targets or whatever I don't think they're quite ready um, it's shown they're not even getting in the starting eleven the three players are fine they're not getting in the starting eleven. They're not, they're not good enough. So, um, I mean, what else, what else could he do, really? You know, the, I imagine they're probably working hard every day on, on the um, in coaching. They're probably really frustrated. Robbie Keane looked like he was absolutely distraught when Ashley Fletcher missed that chance. Um, He'd be having nightmares about that. Yeah, so it's just a case of, you know, keep working with the lads and keeping the confidence up. So when it comes to some of these games, especially against harder teams like Fulham and Derby, um that you know we can go out and beat them not only last year we were we finished seventh in the league with a similar crop of players okay a few have left but not all of them hmm. it's, um, it's been a very it's been this it's the same team it's essentially yeah, the yeah. same team yeah. and you kind of have to go look back at the aspect of did Tony Pulis overachieve and you're going to think well yes because we were top at this time last year and also we finished yeah okay we went on a really poor streak we should have finished in the playoffs but yeah. in hindsight he's probably Overachieved with the current crop oh, well, of yeah. players. Well, the, and the no finishing was poor last year, wasn't it? Oh, he even was, said yeah. it last night. He said, but I think he, he kind of knew that. And I think, I think Woody did, but I think, and it kind of comes back. I don't want to look back in hindsight now and be like, oh, well, actually, Pulis was a, you know an absolute genius. But I think he's just been in the game longer. He knew that we didn't have the strikers. He's not a very attacking-minded manager anyway, so it's kind of suited him down to the ground. Um, and you know, all those games where we won 2-0. How many games do you think of that we won 2-0? Hull, Ipswich, all of these teams where we just come. We'd, we'd score one, we'd soak up the pressure, um, we'd defend like Beavers, as they said on Sky Sports at that time. Um, <laughs> and then we'd nick a second one late in the, the second half. Who said half. that? I it remember, was, uh, I remember it was Chris, that. Chris Camaro, was it? I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Beavers. But yeah. it, we, got the, we got the question. We yeah. will actually talk about Huddersfield properly, but um, Andrew Littlefair actually messaged us on Facebook and he said that did we actually take Pulis for, for granted, really, in, in in terms of, you know, like, did he get the best of what he had? Like, get the best out of what we had? Because, like we mentioned, like, it, this is the same crop of players. This is, if you look at the team last night, there's only really Johnson that didn't get a look in. McNair. Like, yeah. McNair McNe- was in part of the team. Savile came, was coming through, though. He, he, he was playing games. Like, the only mm. real difference was Bezic, Mikel, and... You'd have George Flint. and yeah, and Flint, Flint yeah. but like Shotton was playing. But the majority of that team, yeah, and yeah. even some of the best, about six or it's, seven. It's yeah. exactly the same, really. And yeah, but it's a different, it's a different style of play, isn't it? Like, you, but is it though? You, we're playing more long balls, and we're, we're actually more direct under Woodgate than we have been under Pulis. So is mm. it really? Is it really different? I think it's. It goes back to that transition, doesn't it? It's a transition in club and and style. Um, we might have the same team, but it's it's trying to get away from that defensive long ball approach. And um, to answer the question, did we take Pulis for granted? 
Um, it's easy to say that now because we're obviously not performing and, you know, things aren't going necessarily great under Woodgate, but um, I don't think we did. I think Woodgate was... Uh, sorry. Uh, Tony Pulis was, was judged accordingly, and, I mean, it was it was harsh, the criticism he got in parts, because I think it got quite personal at, at times, which it never should do, but um, I don't think we took it for granted. I think he... Let's be honest. That football was mind-numbingly boring, and yeah, it got us. Mm. It got us some. Bad it, as well. it got us somewhere, but it didn't get us anywhere in a, in a sense because yeah, we got to the playoffs. We didn't go up, and then we were in the playoffs, and then we completely capitulated. It wasn't that the run where we had about six defeats in a row. Six defeats in a row, yeah. and then nothing came of that season. And yeah, it, it's not great this season, but what what do you expect? Yeah, it's, I feel. It, I feel like yeah. We'll I feel like it's a vision because we were all saying kind of. You know, um, we'd take anything rather than, but, but kind of what the consensus was, you know, take anything rather than having Pulis at the moment and the way he was playing. Um, but what we wanted, we weren't going to kind of get overnight. It's at least the vision's better. Um, I think if you st- if you stayed with Tony Pulis in the long run, how many Aidan Flints would we have signed? And then when he eventually leaves, we have probably a worse squad in terms of sell-on value, in terms of their actual ability. Um in terms of then wanting to change it because you've got 11 players who are all Tony Pulis-esque players, whatever kind of position they're in, they're going to be tall, physical players. The man played centre-backs at right-back and left-back. Yeah, you love to see it. So, yeah, although we might be saying now Mark Baller and and, uh, Dyke Steele are not quite ready, they're maybe not um, performing, Um, it's the... It's the kind of idea that the vision that we're wanting to go with, and it's kind of, oh yeah, we might get it, we might got it wrong, or they're not quite fully developed yet. But it's a thing that you know you're setting out from the beginning um, with a better idea um, of what you want from the club, and I think that's what we were kind of saying we wanted. Although it hasn't worked in 12 games, it's not to say by game 38 we see some signs that it's working. We might assign someone in January who's an absolute gem. Who knows? I mean, last year, did we ever think at the start of the season, not that I think he was like, um, you know, the second coming of Janino, but did we ever think we were going to sign John Obi Mikel mm. last year before we got to January? Who knows what we could sign this January? So, No, it is, inter- it is, it is so, interesting. I think I think with the transition like period, we get, it gets thrown around quite a lot, I think. I just think it's like putting its way for saying that Middlesbrough playing absolutely garbage and they just don't want to sit on telly, more or less, of like... It get it does get thrown around like a lot. This whole yeah, tra- no, this yeah, whole transition yeah. word. It's but it's like t- the team. You, it, what it essentially means is a team that should be at the top is underperforming at the bottom. That's yeah. what I kind of. But feel. I don't feel like we should be at the top. I think there's oh, no, there's a hangover of of the Itokaranka days where we went to the Riverside. We expected a win. You know, we went to to away games and we expected to grind out one 0 victories. Like that is in the past. Now we've had seasons under you know, Steve Hackney. That wasn't a season, but it was a period. Um, and then Gary Monk. Because even started under games. Gary Monk, I remember obviously we first come down and we were like, I, think I remember that Brentford game where the defending was awful and we drew mm. two all and you're thinking, that was just like alien to everyone. It was kind of like, what are we doing? Why have we, why have we drew two all at home to Brentford? Mm. And especially considering <laughs> it was Brentford. Yeah, you know, no, we usually yeah. have nailed on wins against. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's been happening for a while. Though. Like I said like on previous podcasts, it's, like it's been the expectation of winning at home because we have been so used to it and when you go down a division you expect it even more yeah. um, like if it went if we go down a league if we go down a league one we'd probably be expected to do the invincible season <laughs> that's it's it's no, it's, it's, true, the, yeah. it's the reality um, but I don't know I think it's like I'm not fully bo- I've never been fully bought into Woodgate and I probably will never be fully bought into his this new philosophy that he's wanting to bring because I just see it's pretty much very similar to what Pulis had and it's going. It's bound to be for like that first season anyway, until he can get more players in. But then it's like you kind of think of it as a, an owner perspective. Oh, okay, well he signed four players. Okay, my hair doesn't really count. Um, but all three of them can't get in the team. You meant to bring in players that are better than what you have, and we haven't done it. We try to do it. Okay, we'll try and find a gem, but then those gems haven't really worked so far. And when you look at them technically ability, like technical ability, like ballers really struggled, and I expected so much more. I like. I feel like I've been told on the river with him a little bit, and now he's third choice. He's behind Johnson and uh, Hayden Coulson, who's like eighteen year old. And like, I, I must be. It must be mind numbing for him because he's he could he should have stayed at Blackpool. Like, mm. like still should have should have stayed at Charlton. I don't know hindsight's a beautiful thing, and mm. no one expected Charlton to do so well this year. But again, you're like, Ugh. and then Marcus Brown, like he hasn't really featured at all. So it's like kind of like we're in a much worse position this year. 
but the expectation will always be there. It's well, strange. It's it's mental, really. It just goes back to what I was saying about the the recruitment team. It's like Borough. You know, they they tried to they've tried to like introduce a new philosophy, but they still have the same format. It's like having glasses in the frames, but no lenses. Mm. It's That's like a new one. I love it. <laughs> you need to keep coming up with these, Dana. it's like it's like we've got the vision there, but it's not fully there if you know what I mean like for me it's like I build thought a, it's like building a house with no cement <laughs> that was another one I did there you I? go there you go copyright me <laughs> uh, anyway it was um, you know when I when Woodgate came in I was expecting there to be a massive overhaul like uh, above him and, and a director of football that would be the perfect time to, to bring a director of football in and you know not necessarily get rid of Gary Gill and, and Adrian Bevington but bring somebody else in that's like a mastermind of it all and it just never happened and it still hasn't happened and I don't really know what we're expecting to do with the same underperforming team yeah, behind it's, the scenes. It's like, you know what it is? It's like Middlesbrough trying to have try and go down the same routine or like do the same thing over and over again and expect the same result. Mm. Or sorry, expect a different result. Um, that is just like, it's, it's what's it called? It's, uh, it's not mind-numbing, it's just... Delusional. Not even delusional, it's insanity, to be honest. It's fully... Oh, full that, that was the one. Full-blown insanity to do the same thing over and over again and expect, the same, expect a different result. Like, it's just nuts. Like, and we st- we're still doing it. Mm. And like, but then, like, you bring that director of football in to help. We'll get out, I feel like. We'll get needs, needs help now because, like, we need someone more experienced around him. Um, but we haven't got it yet. You know, we've this recruitment team still is at the same... Gibson's been like surrounding himself full of yes men and it's just like it's just a recurring vicious cycle and then it just got to a point where people are like ringing BBC T's and say oh what Gibson needs to go and you know what I'm kind of on that bandwagon a little bit now like it's like yeah you did save the club but you know what what have you done since like no don't get me wrong how many good decisions has he made since what since 2006 I think Karanka was a brilliant decision Karanka Mm. probably been our best manager ever and and sort of then the bad decision came in letting him go but, but I think obviously the, the decision of bringing Ait or Karanka in was but then Agnew like you got Agnew you gave up at Christmas and then went for relegated you bring in it's kind of comparison to Southgate and we'll get a little bit now because like Southgate came and said I want to play this brand new philosophy of football I'm going to play a passing philosophy um, alright I'll sell Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank I'll sell Le Duke uh, I'll sell Mark Schwartz and I'll bring in Jeremy Elliott yeah, Didier Degard and Ross Turnbull but look how, look, look how far that Project goes Project Demnes Project Demnes yeah. yeah and then you bring in Gordon Strack and give him an open checkbook fails then you bring in Mowbray because no one else would took the job and then obviously it, it failed but you, you basically made him do a job of like a hand tied behind his back and then Cranky was a great hire don't get me wrong it was, it was on credit, where credit's due but Throughout that whole time, obviously you hired Monk and he hated it, and people said, well, he did all right, but out this whole time since McLaren left, there hasn't been many good signings. In all honesty, there's been about 10. Mm. 10 if that. So that's what underlines me there's a big problem upstairs. It's like. Mm. You think that's where money's not only just affected what we can spend on players, but what we can affect, uh, you know, what we can spend on kind of a team of staff basically so that either that being the coaching team the recruitment team the physio team whatever um it's quite clear that well obviously we let staff go in the summer we let obviously recruitment staff go in the summer we might have let some coaching staff go obviously we don't hear the all must, the ins the and must, outs of honestly god mate they must have photos of steve gibson or something you know what i mean <laughs> the <laughs> most staff i don't know if some of them are keeping the job like mm. imagine me coming to work every day and just like making like one pound off like 500 quid spend you know what I mean yeah. like so in a mar- that's in like a market perspective but like if I just came in and did absolutely nothing and just continue to fail every single year and then I'd probably be still getting pay rise and kept in the job it'd be absolutely mental I don't know why we're still doing it mm. oh, it's almost like Sunland on that Netflix documentary do you remember the their recruitment team when uh, uh, oh, who was the manager at the time <coughs> Simon Grayson at the start of that season um, went in and they were on about um, players who they could possibly get and it was coming up to sort of deadline day and <laughs> Zlatan Ibrahimovic yeah <laughs> and the recruitment team sat there and the, the, they had a whiteboard in the room none of them had like a single like laptop or phone around them at all and it was like like doing like a brainstorm on the whiteboard and putting like Zlatan on loan to the championship and, I, and I'm just thinking like I hope we don't have like 
Doyle's working for us like that. Do you know what I mean? I, I think if that can happen at like a club as big as Sunderland that just came down from the Premier League, the first year in the Championship, and that's where the expectation was with them to go, to come straight back up. Yeah. And it just ultimately failed because they didn't even have not even the players, but that they just had morons working at a higher level um, of just kind of just need to get with reality and like actually go in and do scouting. Like, is that just like FIFA where you think you can? You know what I mean? It's not. You can't just like get some player from Chelsea on loan how many teams in the Championship and League 1 want him on loan it's yeah it's madness I think that's Elliot's first run on the podcast isn't it? he was proper going for it there he usually sits on the fence <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't <laughs> know what's happened to me I'm, I'm on the same boat as you though because like this, I'm, going, I'm going in again I'm going in Go on. Um, but I'm saying like this thing's been coming for so so long and it, it's like it's been incredible to see like the absolute demise of what we've been doing it has been exactly from the top Gibson's made bad decisions. He's advised by Bowser. So is it is it Bowser making the decisions or is it Gibson? Or has Gibson got the wrong men around him? And then you've got two, you've got no recruitment structure or like we've completely threw everything out the And that's weird because do you remember that Gazette article where it was like More de- said it was based on like stats and possession and yeah, attributes a, and there was a database thing or something that was similar. It was the same thing that Brentford or something scout, I can't but remember what be- it was called. What Middlesbrough have done beautifully, it would have probably said, Oh well we will keep that there and then would have won't have updated it. So they probably still got like Oh well Yakubu was only twenty six still. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's let's bring him in, you know what I mean? Might, be like might, George Friend, don't we already have him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what about what about that Nicky Burley guy at Charlton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might like, be what, watching yeah. like VS. No, but it, it must it must have been because obviously Mowbray had some really good, um, yeah. really good coops, didn't he? So whether that was all on him when he came in, or whether it was kind of the, the club done it as a whole when he came in, um, you know, whatever it was, it was great. And I think with Karanka, obviously. He used uh, Victor Otto, was it, at the time? I don't know. Did he have somebody else before that? Because I feel like Victor Otto wasn't there from that Great half goal. season. Was Great it? Goal. Okay. Yeah. But, like, I mean, all for some that he didn't get right, like Carlos de Pena and whatever. But there was ones where, obviously, I know he had a bit more money to spend than, than Mowbray. But, um, and it's quite clear that when he was there, he was obviously picking from scouting networks that he knew. So, obviously, a lot of Spanish players came. But when you think now, like, Stuani, um, I thought seen the video back on Facebook uh, on Twitter again today about yeah, the, the goal well. against Brighton you just think like Stuani was actually class for the championship um, and it's just and then obviously when some of them came they formed a link with Ayala who'd already been there at the club and pretty much an adopted T-sider now um, so yeah I, I just think yeah I, I do agree with, with you about obviously the sort of decisions from the top and it's not all just down to you know, I think when people watch the game, they sort of watch it in isolation and think, "Oh, the issues just were Brit, or the issues with Fletcher, or whatever." But there's far more issues well, that are happening too, yeah. above and have happened um, for years. I think the decision to sack—I mean, they can't go back in, in time now and change it—but to sack Karanka at the time um, was just completely wrong. Um, yeah, he was just one of the better managers we've ever had, and um, the only time we've ever took on a kind of foreign manager I don't know whether it was just kind of Gibson was just like hated it and was just kind of you know wanted to go back to jobs for the boys and, and so on but yeah yeah, yeah bad decisions trickle at the top and always trickles down at the bottom and then and that's, that's why I'll again. defend Woodgate because I think he's 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 a, he's a puppet well yeah it's yeah, one of them so if, if you know if we I well, mean not if, not if I go for the job I obviously wouldn't accept it because I'm clearly not qualified to do it but you know if, if you're qualified to do it and you've you know you've been in and around the club and you actually are a, a ex-pro and you, you've got your coaching badge or whatever and you get offered the job for your boyhood club you, you're going to take it aren't you it's, yeah. it's one of them and no matter what the situation is and no matter what you think of kind of what's happening upstairs you're going to want to go in especially with Woodgate's demeanour and his personality he wants to kind of prove people he, he's quite not intimidating but you know the way he was with the, like the journalist last night he, he wants to go in and kind of prove that he can do it in a sense so. but it's like even though we've said all of that problems at the top like Woodgate himself is literally like he could potentially be a few games away from the sack really if you think about it like don't get me wrong like if you're not performing you, you can see all the problems at the top but if you're not performing on the pitch and don't get me wrong I feel like he has been shafted like quite a lot I think he's been sold down the river more than anyone else, apart from probably Mowbray. But like, if he lo- say if he lost last night and then he lose against Fulham, then you've lo- haven't won an eight. You've lost six out of the last eight. So it's like, well, is I'd, it? Do, do you eventually like quit your 
Ties yeah, I up. think I think you only. Right. But then we can we even afford it? It's like mm. I think it's like a Rubik's only, cube. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think you only would if it was getting to the point where um, the performance. I mean, I'm not saying the performances have been amazing. I think they've improved in the past too. So I think obviously he's going to look at the performances in general when he, when he's at the game anyway um, and assess it that way. And obviously mathematics wise, and I mean mathematics in terms of the actual table, but then obviously. Um, revenue generated so i think if the revenue generated is very very poor there's a real chance we're going down based on based on the um (laughs) based on the table and the performances are shocking i think that's when you kind of make the decision but i think at the moment um attendance is a okay if i think for the position that we're in i think obviously because there's probably more season tickets than say the uh first year there's only twelve thousand. i think there's more than that this year i'd say probably 15, 16. Yeah, I think it's 15. Um, and, you know, I don't think uh, the revenue will be that bad just based on that because there's an extra three or 4,000 people there. Um, and I think the performance has improved in the last two. So I still think he's quite a way off. And with him being, you know, a local person, he's given him the job anyway. He'd probably give him it in May or whatever, April or whatever it was. You know what I mean? I think he's going to get time. But if it looks like in January we're in the bottom three, it could be time to be like, okay, we need to for the for the kind of future of the club of not going down and losing more revenue and and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Um, well, Adam Benson sent the que- uh, sent the question and said, "Do you think is there any benefit? Is there any benefits of Mills we're getting relegated next season? He's you know with this season, sorry for you know. So for next year, you can get rid of all the dead wood and more the high earners and bring all the youth players a little bit like Sunderland have, and also, I don't know." Um, is has he not got the players for the the four three three project that he wants to run as well? Um, but so is it really any? Is it a benefit that Mills would get relegated to League One if you think of the likes of Norwich, Bournemouth, Southampton? They've all done it, but it doesn't really look great, does it? If I'm all it doesn't when it yeah. happens initially, but it has worked better for some clubs in the long run, I guess. But it is a good question, and to be honest, I like I've had it flicker in the back of my mind for a few weeks now. But I think the the whole setup. The club, the team, the the fans. I think we all need a massive reality check, um, and that could come in in League One. Of course, you don't want to see your team get relegated in no matter what division you're in. Um, but we do have high earners, and we also have players that I would I would sell on. Um, you know that I wouldn't have in in this squad. I was literally going through the whole squad with someone at uni, and I was thinking I wouldn't have them. Like I think the only players that I said I'd keep probably well Randolph, Fry, and Brit and 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 even Brit, like if a Premier League team was to come in for him, and he and he goes, then fair play. Like at least he's not another Championship club. But like, you know, we do have high earners and and we have players that don't suit the system. And you know, in terms of the four three three, I think we've all said it that we don't have the players for it. We don't have the wingers. We don't have the pace. Um, and it was a, a staggering formation, um, which is why we've changed. But. It's controversial, but you never know what's going to come from from League One. It could really be a rebuild in a, in a positive one, but hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't have to go down that route. No, yeah, I agree there. Um, I think especially with with going down as well. Um, I mean, forgive me, I don't know everyone who kind of Sunderland have signed in the sort of year and a bit that they've been down there, but you could kind of go down, and if we are trying to sign the best players from that league, everyone, you know. Say it's someone from, you know, say if it is Ivan Tony if he's still there next year and, and Peterborough is still in League One, he'd be like, well, I'm going to go to Middles, but they've probably got a better chance of going up this year. They're going to be one of the better teams in the division. You can kind of take the better players off the, the teams in that division. Um, well, you never know, Borough's recruitment team, but um, you'd like to think so. But I think we have a, a better scouting um, network just based in, in the UK than anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I. And it has happened, like you said, with uh, some of those other clubs. I've seen a picture before that it was, um, I think it was like 2012, was it? And I think the top, it was showed like top six in League One and four of them, this was last year when Huddersfield were in the Premier League, it's, the four of them were in the Premier League. So it was Huddersfield, Bournemouth, um, Brighton and somebody else might have been, it wasn't Norwich because obviously they were in the Championship last year, but it was somebody else. Yeah, Southampton. Southampton oh, it might yeah, have been, yeah. Southampton yeah. Been, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you, you know, it can be done. Um <laughs> I think some of them, especially like Norwich, I think they got was it two straight relegations and then two straight promotions. So it's 
Sometimes you have to ball. start from like the very bottom and like the the pits of the football league, if you like, to to rise back up again. But you know, like I said, you don't want to be in that. It can do the opposite here. as well. Look, it can. You can, you can, can do end up doing yeah. You can do a Coventry, like, Leeds, even like, Leeds. But then it's like the financial struggle of of those teams like Coventry and Portsmouth. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. Will Burren, like being that in that position where you kind of you can never say never. And like uh, it's it's the only, I think the only positive would come through is and I think the only positive that we'll, I can say about we'll get is the the amount of youth players that he's, he's starting to bring through and starting you starting to feature appreciate it it's because of the appreciate it's because of like the really thin squad that we have but it's like starting to come good and like, coming on the Huddersfield a little bit it's like Ainsley Pears made his debut last night so how do you think he did really because it was a, it was it, I felt like it was in a time machine a little bit. Because everyone, everyone always used to go, ah, well, Pears, mate, he was the best keeper I've ever seen at Butter. <laughs> and now we've got his son in goal, so it's... Uh, Crazy, that, isn't it? Pretty off it, like, it went full circle. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, how, how do you think he did last night, Bowie, just out of curiosity? I thought he was all right. Um, he, he wasn't really tested that much. Um, he, oh, that free kick, I think he probably would have got, got something on that had it been on target. Um, his kicking was a bit off. I think that was the only thing, really. But um, he looked quite confident and assured other than that and um you know maybe we'll, we will get to see in the Fulham game how he how he really fares with it but you know he was at Gateshead and he was at Darlington and, and he got really um rave reviews there and and you know quite promising keeper by all accounts so yeah I think he did he did all right happy yeah yeah I thought like like Dana said he wasn't really tested but um like overall he, you know he's, he was all right I think he'll uh We'll see more of it uh, under the cosh, I guess, against uh, Alexander Mitrovic on Saturday. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, it was really strange with these kicks. Actually, I thought I don't know whether it's just me and I was because we were watching it sort of on the screen rather than live. It seemed like he could get it really far. I don't, I don't know, like the defenders were like pretty much on the halfway line. I don't know why it was like. Then I feel mm. like we're always sat I back don't know. Bit more. I don't whether it's just because Randolph has kind of got them there, so he can play a short ball if he needs to. But yeah, I felt like he was slicing everything. I don't know why. Mm. There was no elevation on the kicks, was there? <laughs> no, like, I felt proud sorry for him. But other than that, I mean, it's, he he was okay. Other than he's, that, he's obviously like you said earlier with uh, Mihaias. He doesn't really count. I mean, for Mihaias to come in, he's literally just went third choice. It's uh, he's just on his holidays. No, isn't that he? It is the best job in football, really. The third, third choice, choice keeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I even I signed a contract. Richard Wright. Yeah, Richard Wright, Rob Green. I'd do it. Like, I'd I mean, happy. Oh, Chelsea offered me fifty k a week. I'd <laughs> Do it for a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I wouldn't do that. I mean, but be, be the best one. It's definitely the best one in football. Hundred percent. There's no expectation. You just you just go to train every day. You don't really do much. You can probably have palm off a tea. Yeah, Rob Green was saying in some like interview, wasn't he? He was just saying it's like just a laugh and that. Yeah. I couldn't believe he came out and said he was just oh, like, well, I was just oh, a laugh well, for the lads and that. He was like, he was like, it, you know what I mean? He was just like, oh, they all like take the mick of that sometimes. He was like, it's just a laugh. He was like, I'm just there as like a coach. He was like, I'm just like then, just like they let them just belt shots at me. Yeah. So I was just like, all right then. <laughs> so, Fair enough. If, if, if that's what if that's what you enjoy, if you, yeah, if you get paid fifty grand a week, to just have some shots pelted at you in training, and that's about it. Then. And then you yeah. come on and, and you lift the Europa Cup. Yeah, yeah. I'll be counting my steps in training. <laughs> <laughs> One pound, two pound. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was speaking of you know, uh, Huddersfield a little bit. I'm gonna. Cause actually, we were going to speak about Huddersfield and we just completely went off in the tangent. We were going to speak about it like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, and I won that huge run and I'm not going to take it back. I'm not. Um, but Huddersfield, Danny Ayala, he's out of contract, end of the season. Ian Smith asked the question, how much would you give him to pretty much sign a new deal? I mean, I'd drive him to the next club because I, I he gives me a heart attack every time I see him play. I'm joking, I think he's probably the, one of our best centre-backs, but <laughs> I'd probably sell him if we got a better centre-back in, but... I'd probably sell Fry, to be honest. I'm sorry, Dana. I'd probably sell Dill Fry in January if we got to... What are you saying sorry to me for? I've been saying he's overrated for a few weeks. I know, but you just defended him, so... I don't know. Was I, that? I, yeah, I'm sure you just defended him. You said you'd, no, ke- you, you said you'd keep him. Oh, if you yeah, on the, base, on the basis that he's a ball-playing centre-back. That was the only reason. Yeah, fair enough. But you got more value tied up in him than... Yeah, yeah I think if we got... I was saying Bobby yesterday, I mean, if, if, Bobby me, if we got £15 million for him in January, would you take it and just reinvest it I was like because yeah, if we got 15 million for Gibson I think <laughs> yeah. at the time Gibson was a much better centre back yeah definitely we were saying it though weren't we when, like, yeah. when Man City came in well we reported for that 20 million pound bid we were like would you take him mm-hmm. I think we pretty much said no but like it's it's changed now hasn't it like yeah. he's been incredibly poor I think and 
Oh, it's a funny old it game, is. isn't it? It's We're a funny old game. We're all fickle. I know, yeah. Um, fickle fans. How much would you give him a week, Danny Ayala? I'd probably give him a handshake and a palmo. Nah. No, and then say see you later. I think, I think um, with it is, obviously, we only have three senior centre-backs. I think it depends on um, the money and then who you can get in. You like, you know, I think all three of them could easily um, be dispensable. You could, you know, you could say all of them go. But mm. it, it's at the same time as you'd have no centre-back. So I think you, you've got to be kind of reasonable with our decisions. And I think at the moment, especially based on the display last night and, and for the job he does as a type of defender he does, um, Dialis, Danny Ayala is still sort of worth something in the championship. He's still a decent player for the championship. So I think, um, I think it's worth him signing another deal, especially for him being around the club. Um, for so many years, he I think he wants to be here as well. He was saying, you know, he, he feels at home here. His kids grew up here, um, so I think it doesn't just come down to kind of football in a sense. I think he, I think he will want to stay. And I think Borough will offer him a new deal. Um, I think he's one of the sort of more senior players at the club, so I think he'll, he'll get a new deal. Well, his day he's a quality centre half, isn't he? I mean, we saw it last night. It was vintage Ayala from yeah. the yeah, yeah, shot him a great. Days. Yeah, I mean. Shotton's been a scapegoat this season, isn't it? It's him, Brit, and um, Savile. Savile, the holy trinity George of, of Savile, eight million. I thought he was okay last. Like I, 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 I like being played well last two games. Yeah. Yeah, I, still don't, I still don't think he's worth that money, though. I don't no. think many of the players bought for any of those prices during uh, sort of in the last couple of seasons have been anywhere near the values. Mm. George um, Savile, Ashley Ashley Fletcher. Uh, you need to bring it up because right. I know, right. I know we're getting, I know we're getting, I know we're getting, I know we're getting right. sort of closer to time. But Ashley Fletcher, I'm sorry, right? Go on. It's it's, it's one of them where Go it's on. like no, that's not, not going to be that bad. Uh, but disappointing me and Daniel. Look there. <laughs> no, but, all right. All I'm going to say is that Go on. you know any of us. I don't want to say as I'm I'm not a, not that good at football, but I think probably all of us could have scored that. Yeah. Um. And even if I was to miss, if I was to do the same thing and go. Dana you know, with the, with, the, with, with the top with the top of my foot rather than the side of my foot, right? If I'd done that same thing, it would have been okay. I'd do it, but I'm Ryan Shawcross, what you want? About? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know you were Ryan Shawcross. Ryan Dana, look like him. Ryan Dana Cross. <laughs> Borough breakdown, guys. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I want to say it before we go. No, but fumes annoys me that what it's quite clear that Dana is a female. Like, it's how many times do we get tweets saying, guys, lads? Right, there you go. Boys. all listeners. Gender neutral. It's fine, I'm used to it. Don't worry about it. No, Dana. No, I'm not having this. Maybe I've been secretly editing. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> thing at the end to make Hashtag it sound Hashtag give Dana respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Go on then, Elliot. Okay, Dana. so to come back to Ashley Fletcher. Bump, sorry. Is to come back to Ashley Fletcher, right? Um, I feel like I could have scored that. And even if I was to miss, I am not worth £7 million. I am not a professional footballer. And I just can't comprehend how he missed it. We were saying about Flint's last year against Burton, right? And I, I think that is one billion times worse. I, I just can't comprehend how he missed it's it. It's the fact that he goes with it with his left foot. Like, he, he purposely waits for it for his left foot. Yeah. <clears throat> He's right footed. Like, even with your left foot, you should put that in the back of the net. Like, what? It's an... Uh, don't. Honest to God, I nearly... Oh. I just nearly, I just nearly cried. Can when, I just say something about Fletcher? Go on, then. I've never rated him. <laughs> I've never rated him. And I call him the bobbling Bambi, and for that reason <laughs> alone, he's got, he's got, like, Bambi legs. And the thing is, oh, right, is like that Fletch. at the beginning of the season, yeah, he was good, and I give him credit for that, but... Like throughout his time at Borough, I just I've never really rated him, and it's not very nice. Poor Ashley Fletcher. Poor Ashley Fletcher. Oh, that's poor George. George, wasn't it? Yeah, the other <laughs> week. It's my it's my cash rate. So all the Borough players probably hate Dana now because yeah. uh, she Thank just comes on here and slags him off every week. <laughs> Thanks for this. <laughs> That's that's why George Shavell didn't talk to us. I reckon at the Riverside. No, yeah, he did. Because he, he, he knew you were. He yeah. said you're all right, guys. You're He's right. the milky bit. He's ah, the, so you said milky. guys as well. Yeah. Oh, I see how it is. George. See how it is, George. You know what I mean? <laughs> God, I'm, milky bucket. Angers me that. But yeah, I agree. I think Ashley Fletcher's misses were one of the worst misses of all time. Um, I think how he hasn't scored. 
I, I want to give him a little bit of confidence and say the one against West Brom could have been a potential hard one where it's came a bit at his hip, but you know, improvise. Um, and then the if if he hits it straight at the defender, then all right, it's a great block. But if he doesn't, then he just skied it. And then like yesterday, Jesus Christ, honestly, God, admit, I was literally about to jump on Bobby for us to, <laughs> and jump like literally pretty much break my legs just to celebrate. And then I was just like. <laughs> and it's like oh, honestly, I nearly threw my re- it was remote amazing. out at the TV. I was like, like um, it was amazing to be part of. To be fair, I've never seen so many Borough fans like want a goal to go in. Actually, no, take that back. Lee Tomlin turn on Vincent Company, and then for it going, that is worse than heartbreak. I don't care. If I broke up with Amy tomorrow. That will be bigger than heartbreak. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the doghouse. Amy. I'm in the doghouse when I get in. Um, but. Right, well, what else was I going to say? So, Still talking f- about the miss? No, I'm going to move on to Fulham. But I'm just going to throw out there, the highlight of my night at Huddersfield, it wasn't the four-hour journey going on because the roads were closed. It wasn't the nil-nil draw. It was the fact when Janine Bakuna came on the pitch and we absolutely laid into him for like a good ten minutes of just constantly singing, you're not Janine Um Janine's ma- uh, got a magic hat and ole, 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 Janine <laughs> Um, it was, you know what? It nearly brought me to tears. Oh, it was funny. I heard that. I heard that in the background. Of the yeah, yeah, and I nearly messed up my words and used a book. Some, some, some people, some people say um, <laughs> with those Juninho chants um, that you know we're living in the past. We're almost like being like Liverpool fans. But you know what? I don't care. That that chant is don't amazing, care. and I and I I love Juninho. So let's just sing it. Should we just sing it at the match? Yeah, I'll sing it to you, to Dana so she can hear it in the East End first. I'll and stand then up Dana sings it to me. Take the megaphone off the guy in the south. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Anyway, Fulham. Right. So I know you guys do a bit of research. Scott Parker was actually quoted the other day by a couple of pundits saying he is the Pep Guardiola of the Championship this season, um, where Fulham play delightful football. And he is the architect of the revolution of the championship. So, I mean, I don't know who's paid them to say that, but we'll go with it. So, I know you guys have been researching Borat Hour about Darren Randolph for a month, so take that into account as well. Um, but who wants to take the mic? I'll, I'll do it to start with. Just because I've got a, a really good, proper, typical Borough stat. Oh, um, no. It's going to be like no, 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 no. Middlesbrough haven't lost in the last <laughs> no, 12 no, no. games against Fulham. No, 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 it isn't. It's the... Get beat 3-0. Right. Alexander Mitrovic, he's on 11 goals this season, isn't he? Yes. Which is the same amount as the entire Borough squad combined. Things you love to see. It. Yeah, <laughs> and he he scored a hat trick against Luton as well, so he's in he's in hot form, and um, he's actually you know Mitrovic is um, maybe where Alexander Mitrovic we scored three goals against Luton, he scores three goals mm. against Luton, he scored eleven goals a season, we scored eleven goals a maybe, season, maybe conspiracy theories get a thread on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, he's got the Poor most conspiracy theories. <laughs> Poor Ray, dumb conspiracy theories. <laughs> Uh, he's got the most uh, shots per game in the league. Um, Fulham actually a second um, when it comes to shots per game. They've got uh, the average fifteen point three shots per game. Um, I think Leeds are top. Um, they are a possession based side. They average sixty six um, percent possession per game. Borough stand on forty nine. Love to see it. Um, uh, we've conceded the joint most goals from set pieces on six. Um, we are statistically better than Fulham when it comes to defending, which probably because we just have to be. <laughs> it's, it's amazing Take where we Scott are Parker. at, at the, le- uh, on the league. <laughs> but uh, we have conceded more shots per game um, compared to Fulham. We've conceded 14, they've conceded 10 per game, which is a, a part of their play, actually. They do sh- take a lot of shots. Um, I was looking through their highlights, actually, and they do tend to take long shots, and um, they are a good team at doing that. Um, they've they've won half the meeting, half the last six meetings against us. Um, so we're going to beat them, basically. All right, enough. Else you had well, a that's stack in our favour, don't they? Um, yeah, I was just kind of um, looking at sort of um, past results and, and sort of who's in the team. I mean, most of um, the team, I guess, people will know. Um, with them just being a Premier League team, they've sort of got some big players for this this division, really. Um, but yeah, so obviously in goal last night they, they played uh, with Rodak instead of Bettinelli. Um, they've got Dennis Adoy, Alfie Mawson, um, Tim Ream, Joe Bryan, um, Bobby Reed, Harrison Reed, Tom Kearney, Anthony Canockart, Mitrovic, and Ivan Cavallero. Which 
scares me, that front three. Couldn't also. even beat Billy Town. Um, yeah, so as Dana said, obviously uh, beat Luton 3-2, Mitch yep. scored uh, all three. Um, the game before, actually, they lost to Stoke, um, oh, yeah. uh, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, drew 2 all with Charlton, which is uh, quite close to in the table anyway. Um, beat Reading 4-1, beat Wigan 2-0 and drew with Sheffield. Um, in terms of where they are sort of in the table, um, I don't really look at the top because we haven't been up there in quite a while. Um, but it's really tight, actually, between sort of West Brom on 26 down to Charlton in 10th on 21. So there's a lot of teams doing well um, in the division, sort of sharing points. Um, Fulham are 7th, just outside the um, playoff places on goal difference to Preston. So... Yeah, I think another hard game in store. Yeah. But you know, we had we had West Brom who were who were top. Um, so who's to say we can't go out and do it again? I think the formation that we've changed definitely suits us. Um, we've just got a kind of, like I said earlier, I think the coaching team sort of not biggest dilemma in a sense because I still think it comes down to the actual coaching and trying to get players to finish. But um, keeping motivation levels up, keeping people positive, and keeping people believing in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've got five minutes left. Um, lineups, predictions. Um, yeah. I'll start with them. Um, I've pairs in goal, obviously. Um, shot Nyala Fry back three, and then Johnson and Housen as the the wing backs. Um, I've gone for Clayton just because I think that it will be important to nick possession and then maybe start counter attacks and utilize the very little pace that we have. Um, and then wing and McNair. And Tav just behind British on Belonga. But um I'd put Coulson on, because um, okay. he showed real uh, urgency when he when he came on against Huddersfield. So I'd, I'd I'd put him on to impact. I don't know from the off because I think they're gonna dominate. They're gonna dominate possession, they're gonna dominate the chances and um you know will he get caught defensively? Mm, I don't know, I think House House and all probably be stronger in that, I think. No, fair enough. Else? Uh, yeah, I'd go with the same back three. Um, obviously, pairs in goal. Um, yeah, I'd probably go House and right wing back. See, so, yeah, I think I think Coulson could be good. Um, left wing, I think I'm going to start with him and I'm going to put Johnson. I know he hasn't really played there. Um, sort of, but I'm, I'd be tempted to put Johnson in that um, role. What Tav's been doing, sort of behind the striker, I think he could do quite well. Then I think Coulson will be. Sort of not a bit of a surprise, but I think if they've been planning for Johnson playing and kind of watching back the last few matches, obviously Coulson being injured, um, it could kind of throw them off a little bit. Um, so I think it could, could be good from the off, but then again, it could go the other way, like Dana saying, they could absolutely destroy us down that side. But yeah, I'd go Coulson, um, and then I, I I wouldn't have Clayton, um, I'd have Wing in there again um, with McNair and Savile, um, and then obviously Johnson behind Bray. I think the, th- yeah. the thinking with Clayton is that I think we're just going to have to press. We're going to have to press him and we're going to have to spring the attack and I think Clayton will probably be good for that as, as opposed to wing. Yeah, fair enough. No, I actually agree with that point. 100% agree with it. Um, I would like Millsbrook to try a 5-2-3. Um, we're very similar to Wolves. I think that would be a great formation for us. I'll probably tweet about it in a bit. But I'd like to see um, Colston on the left of that and then I'd like to see Dykesteel on the right of that and then you play Housen and you play McNair in the centre of midfield because of the both box-to-box midfielders and then you'd have three up front and then I wouldn't play Fletcher on the left I'd play Johnson Tav and Britt in the 5-2-3 that would be my uh, if we could anyway um, like, whether, like whether it happens I don't, I, don't have a clue. I don't think it will but it no. definitely seems like it Fair enough. score prediction else um, I'm going to go with one all actually I think with our improved performances I think um, we're going to Shock them. Um, I think it's still going to be a very difficult game, but I'm going to go one all. Dana? I'm going to go 2 2. I've just got a little stat just quickly Ooh. before we finish. Um, they've conceded at least two goals in the last three championship games, so I'm going to go 2. They, uh, they are susceptible to conceding. I'm going to go optimistic, Johnny. I'm going to go 1 0 Middlesbrough. Um, so that's pretty much it. Thank you, guys. I can't believe after what all we've been saying in, in sort of all this time that none of us have went for a de- defeat for Borough, by the way. I'm, I'm liking to see this. Well, sort of you know what? I get, I get slated when we say like we're going to get beat, and we you remember we got a lot of tweets the other day saying, "Oh yeah, very optimistic guys." Huh. 
shut up. Right, we can say what we want on the Royal Breakdown <laughs> podcast. So that wraps things up anyway. Um, so as always, guys, like, share, subscribe to the channel. Uh, give us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Help us get chatted on the Apple Podcast world. We have been lately, and give us a five-star rating as well. Really helps us get found. Um, I'm Johnny. I'm with Dana. I'm with Elliot. The only way is up, Woody. support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.